Oh, I did the jump. How'd it go? Perfect. I just have to help have him help me take off the recordings of her. Huh? For the meeting greet tomorrow, we're gonna have like a meeting with the ladies and littles, but not against each other. We're against each other. On like anatomy, like basic anatomy. Yeah. yeah. Basic anatomy, physio, like actual potential crap. Yeah, yeah. But it's like rainbow style. So there's a whole section for rainbow trees. I can show you. All right, guys. So really quick, um, I'm not going to completely skip over it, but I'm going to go over it really quick. Uh, you guys remember my and meiosis? Yes. Oh, major differences between... Yeah, me neither. Um, major differences between mitosis and meiosis are what? what? What cells do they occur in? Right. Which one occurs in sex cells and gametes? Meiosis. Meiosis. Meiosis occurs in... All the other cells. All cells. Alright, cool. Uh, the amount of cells you end up with, meiosis produces... Four. Four, mitosis produces two. Cool. Uh, crossover of genetic information happens in meiosis. Meiosis does not happen in mitosis. Cool. Um, that's about the extent of which I expect you to know anything about meiosis and mitosis for the purposes of anything we're going to cover. Right? Um, so we talked about that. Yes. Uh, so somatic cells are most cells in the body, muscle cells, tissue cells, and then gametes are sex cells. Sperms, ova, right? Pretty much it, basic stuff. Um, we're going to be going over different chromosomal abnormalities. Uh, the main ones we're going to be talking about today are going to be chromosomal abnormalities related to aneuploidy. And aneuploidy is anything that refers to an abnormal number of chromosomes uh, that occur in gamete cells during development. Okay. Um, in later lectures, we'll be talking about deletions, duplications, inversions, and we'll cover those as we go along when we get to those. Um, but today, we'll be mainly talking about chromosomal abnormalities associated to um, aneuploidy. And I think there's one that we covered that's on deletions. All right, so first condition that we're starting with is Down syndrome. When we go through these genetic conditions, there's going to be a whole lot of them that you guys probably will never ever encounter on your pants, will never be tested on, and quite frankly, you may or may not ever see a patient with, because a lot of these are not conducive to life, so most of the patients who have them um, won't be around when they go see you as a MCP or whatever the case is. So we'll spend more time focusing on the ones that you will be tested on, and Down syndrome, um, you absolutely will be tested on. So you should know Down syndrome inside and out. Um, the cause of Down syndrome is what? We already know this. Trisomy 21. It's an extra 21st chromosome, okay? Um, why that happens, the most common reason, and when I say most common, pretty much exclusively, is related to non-disjunction. And what that is, can you, can you get me the cursor when I move you? Yeah. So when it comes to, we talked about meiosis, eventually you produce how many cells? Four. Four. Okay. And when you produce four cells, after the second phase of meiosis, they have... How many chromosomes in each cell? One. No. How many chromosomes are in, how many chromosomes are there in each cell? 46. 46. Right? Or 23, 23 pairs. 23 pairs. 23 pairs. So in meiosis, you end up with four cells, and they have how many? 
they have 23. Not mm -hmm. 23 pairs, 23. Yes. Right. Because you have 23 from the, if, if you're a male, 23 in the sperm. If you're a female, 23 in the ova. They combine, you form a zygote, and then now you have 46, right? So you have 23. In the process of um, the anaphase is the phase of um, meiosis where the cells split apart. Sometimes they don't split apart correctly, and you can end up with two that go to one cell, and you can end up with one that has none in it. Mm. So when the sperm attaches, you end up with three chromosomes on you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. So that process is caused, called non-disjunction, okay? okay. Uh, chromosomes do not come apart from each other, so you end up, um, instead of having normal meiosis, where you have 23 chromosomes of chromosome 21 and 20, or sorry, one chromosome uh, 21, you end up with a cell that has two. And then you end up with a cell here that has none, okay? Uh, and then there's other conditions we're gonna talk about where it's the same case, but instead of having an extra chromosome, you have one left, okay? So when you have three, that's called the trisomy, and when you have none here and have one that fuses and end up with one, it's called a monophony, all right? Does anybody have any questions about that? <coughs> so one of the biggest risk factors and reasons why you have non-disjunction is maternal age. Okay, so all of the conditions that are associated to. Oh, I still on. Um, so all of the conditions that are associated to non-disjunction occur more frequently with advanced age. Okay, and the extent to which they occur as age goes up progresses exponentially. So. Down syndrome, when you guys get questions about it, the most common question as far as the causes is gonna be non-disjunction. Um, but there is something called mosaicism, which is not gonna be tested um, and not extremely important to think, um, but I'll talk about it anyway for a second. So we were talking about gametes, and if you have a gamete that has 23 um, chromosomes, or sorry, has an extra chromosome 21 mm -hmm. as a gamete, when they fuse together, the zygote initially, the first cell that's going to replicate for all the cells in the body, is going to have three chromosome 21. So every single cell in that developing fetus is gonna have three chromosome 21. So the manifestations for the child are going to be very obvious and very evident and have all the clinical features of Down syndrome. What mosaicism refers to is when that doesn't happen, you have a normal um, developing fetus that has two chromosomes, um, 21, but somewhere down the line, as the zygote is going through mitosis, one of the somatic cells develops a trisomy. And how does that happen? A lot of different ways through a translocation, um, many different mutations, and many different reasons that can happen. But because it happens after the zygote's already formed and most of the cells are already uh, having two chromosome 21, the manifestations are significantly less. Okay, it's called mosaicism, so it's like a mosaic. You know, they have like different shapes and like patterns, so mm -hmm. they'll have a varying degree of normal cells that have uh, two chromosome 21, and then another lineage of cells that have three chromosome 21. Okay, and because it didn't happen in a germline cell, it usually won't be passed down if it's been developed afterwards. 
Um, the earlier this happens, the more cells in the body are going to be affected, the later it happens, the less. Okay? And that's why you see um, people with varying degrees of manifestations of these conditions. Um, but again, that's very rare, um, and you're probably never going to have to answer questions about that. So with all of these genetic disorders, um, there's a lot of symptoms and signs and presentations that are very, very, very similar, one condition to the next. So you need to do a really good job of pinpointing, or I guess I have to do a good job of pinpointing, the ones that are very unique to each condition, and I tried to do that. Um, so this is not an exhaustive list of signs and symptoms, um, but short stature is not unique to Down syndrome. Um, there's many other genetic conditions that can cause short stature, but it is part of it. But some of the big ones is gonna be the Palmer Simi increase, um, and I have pictures of that on, on the next slide, so we'll go over it. But essentially, instead of having two creases on your palm, you just have one big one that goes down the middle. Um, flat facial profile, again, it's not exclusive, but it is common. The epicanthal folds is not exclusive, but it's very commonly tested for Down syndrome. Okay? Um, and depressed nasal bridge as well. But Palmer semi increase, you will never get a question on another condition uh, that has a Palmer semi increase. It's going to always be Down syndrome. It, something they really like to test when it comes to Down syndrome is about the um, systemic manifestations of it. And some of the biggest ones are gonna be the cardiac ones. Uh, the most common heart defect in patients who have uh, Down syndrome is atrial septal defect. And uh, very specifically, ostium secundum. Um, I don't think it's super important for you to know that, but um, I felt really bad because in Brainville, um, they, had a, they asked the most common heart defect for, um, uh, for Down syndrome. <laughs> they both did and said AAC really fast too, I was super happy. And then they said they were wrong because they wanted it to be more specific and say osteo secundum. Never seen it on a test question in the pants, but either way, I put it there just in case. Uh, ventricular septal defects, a little bit less common. You probably won't be asked about those. Um, AML and ALL, uh, you may or may not be. I haven't seen those asked often, but Alzheimer's disease is a huge one. So um, patients who have Down syndrome typically develop Alzheimer's disease and usually develop it a little bit earlier um, than, than most other patients would. And what else is commonly asked? Uh, those are the big ones. And duodenoatresia is another really big one. Duodenoatresia, I see all the time on pants questions in reference to Down syndrome when it comes to GI manifestations. And hypothyroidism is the other one. Um, so if you guys learn any of these by memory, the ASD, huge. Um, atresia, hypothyroidism, and Alzheimer's disease. So those are the four uh, most commonly tested uh, systemic manifestations of Down syndrome that you guys can expect to, to be tested on. Hmm. Uh, so this is just going over some of the things we already talked about, uh, pictures of the clinical manifestations that we talked about for you guys to have as a, as a reference. No, you have three. No, I see two. Yeah. No, but it's single. It's not about being single. <laughs> oh, guys, there's one thing on here that wasn't on the previous. Um, it wasn't on the. I don't think it's. No, it's not. So pay attention to this one because it's not on this slide, so you can miss it. Um, on the picture you see here, it says Brushfield spots. Yeah. So the patients with Down syndrome sometimes have spots of the iris, and usually they describe them as white spots, but they could be brown, they can be yellow and pigmented. 
but brush shield spots is something that I, I don't know if it's huge on the pants. I've seen questions on them before on like USM legal questions. Um, definitely rainbow questions. Um, and you may see it on my exam, but I don't know for the pants. So I would just learn it. Uh, so we already talked about this. This is the uh, incidence and related to maternal age. Uh, and what I was saying about it becoming progressively more common, but you can see like it, a 50% increase from 1600 would be 800. Um, but from 20, uh, from 25 to about 29, um, the incidence really doesn't increase that much. And then the same from 29 to 34, it doesn't increase that much. But when you go from 34 to 39, there's a very steep um, increase in, in risk of associated um, complications from any condition, not just Down syndrome, related to non-consumption. So that's important to know um, in regards to patient counseling about pregnancy and things like that and associated risks. So when it comes to diagnosing Down syndrome, um, with most of these genetic disorders, uh, the questions that you're going to get in regards to them is going to be about clinical manifestations, um, systemic manifestations, expected complications, um, and a lot of the screening tests are going to be prenatal screening tests or the screening test before the child is born. Uh, so for Down syndrome in the first trimester, there's something called the pregnancy-associated plasma protein, which will be decreased in um, patients with or mothers that are pregnant with a child with uh, Down syndrome and they typically have elevated levels of beta ACG. The question that I see far more often asked than that is about second trimester screening, which is the quadruple test. And I don't usually see them making the distinction of first versus second trimester. They usually ask about the quadruple screening um, because the quadruple screening varies on multiple conditions. So they like to ask you what components of the quadruple screening are gonna be up or gonna be down. So the easiest way to remember um, is first of all, you have to remember the four components that will test you on them. Alpha fetal protein, um, estriol, inhibin, and beta HCG. And if you remember high, the HI, the HCG, and the inhibin are high, um, then you'll remember that the other two, um, estriol and alpha fetal protein, are deficient. I don't like remembering the deficient thing because the fetal protein, you have to forget about alpha and that will just confuse you. So I just remember high, HI, or HCG and inhibin. And then remember that the other two are going to be low. <laughs> second trimester, anytime <laughs> in the second trimester is when you can run the test. Well, when I say high, I mean like higher than you would anticipate for a normal pregnancy. What do you mean? Well, there's many reasons. You're not going to see somebody's ACG being, I mean, that could be from an ectopic pregnancy. It can be from multiple gestations. It could be from, you don't use just ACG as a landmark to say that there's a risk reduction. It's a combination of ACG, inhibin, alpha fetal protein. That's why there's four markers. So you look for a pattern with all four markers combined. Yes, they're all drawn at the same time. So ultrasound is another um, test that will help you uh, identify possibilities in congenital um, uh, conditions. The ultrasound, like be careful, the nuchal translucency can be seen in multiple, um, uh, multiple chromosomal conditions. So I would not rely on that as a good measure of Down syndrome. Um, that can happen in uh, many, many, many different conditions. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. 
with all these conditions, the confirmatory test is going to be amniocentesis or chorionic villa sampling. Um, although there's some associated risk with doing these procedures um, and affecting the pregnancy, so a lot of times for that reason these tests aren't always performed. So even though they're very sensitive and um, they are going to give you a definitive uh, answer in terms of the, the associated risk, a lot of times they're not performed. So maybe if you perform an ultrasound, uh, maybe if you perform the quadruple mark, uh, the quadruple screening, and you see that there's an elevated risk, at that point you can offer something like uh, amniocentesis, but typically not performed uh, routinely in order to rule out these conditions in and of themselves. So when it comes to health maintenance, it's important to remember the uh, risk factors we talked about, like hypothyroidism um, uh, and the ASVs. So routinely. If you have a patient who has Down syndrome, you want to screen them for things like ASV, for uh, thyroid function tests, check for hypothyroidism. Uh, cervical x-rays is also important um, in order to uh, make sure that they have good cervical stability, um, especially before any procedures. Uh, consults always like to talk about that before manipulating the neck. Patients with Down syndrome is, is another um, category where you want to be careful performing any maneuvers involving the neck. The next condition we're going to talk about is Turner syndrome. Turner syndrome, much like Down syndrome, is as a result of non-disjunction. Um, but instead of uh, having an implantation in the cell that has an extra chromosome, it's implantation or it's the lack of the monotony of one of the uh, sex chromosomes. Okay. So for that reason, when you guys see 45XO um, as the genotype. That means there's 45 because you're missing a chromosome, and the chromosome that's missing is the second uh, X chromosome, or one of these X chromosomes. Okay. Uh, so non-disjunction is the most common cause um, of, of Turner syndrome. Uh, most monosomies are going to result in spontaneous abortion and are not conducive to life, um, and Turner syndrome is one of the only exceptions to that, to that rule. Uh, interestingly enough, it says it's not related to maternal age, um, which I thought was different, but my bad. Hmm. Um, it's not common. Down syndrome is significantly more common than um, um, than Turner syndrome. So you you will see Down syndrome a lot more commonly. I think I've seen one patient with Turner syndrome in my entire time practicing, and I've seen multiple multiple Down syndrome. So. Short stature, again, um, like I said, short stature is not exclusive to Down syndrome. Many uh, genetic conditions result in low stature. Some of the big features that you're going to see, obviously, if you're missing one of the sex chromosomes, the main features that you're going to see associated to the condition are going to be related to sex characteristics. Okay, so these are patients who typically don't undergo puberty, um, are going to be infertile, uh, and are going to have a lot of abnormalities result, um, involving the genitalia. Okay. Cardiac manifestations are very big. We talked about atrial septal defect and Down syndrome. Uh, you will absolutely, I can almost guarantee that you will have a question about Turner syndrome, um, not just on my test, but on your pants, in reference to coarctation of the aorta. Bicuspid aortic valve, not as much, um, but also important because if you have a bicuspid aortic valve, you're at risk of developing one. Yeah, aortic stenosis, right? So these are patients that can have early onset aortic stenosis. Um, so important to them. So in regards to clinical features, 
Some of the biggest clinical features that you're going to see on your test questions and vignettes is going to be short stature, um, broadly uh, spaced nipples, or they might call it like a shield chest, um, but typically they shy away from using terms like that. Um, so they'll say widely spaced nipples. Web neck is extremely common uh, that they will ask you about the web neck, webbing of the neck. Um, and those are the those are the bigger those are the bigger ones. Um, there's obviously many uh, characteristics that describe it, but the, the shield chest, the widely spaced nipples, short stature, um, and webbing of the neck are going to be your most common tested topics. So diagnosis uh, confirmatory is going to be by uh, chorionic villus sampling, and you'll be able to identify that they have an absence of one of the sex chromosomes. Um, but there are many other things on ultrasound that are pretty unique to Turner syndrome that they may or may not test you on without giving you the, um, the 45 XO. Okay. And the big ones are going to be the, the presence of coarctation of the aorta on ultrasound and the presence of um, uh, horseshoe kidney. Okay. So those are your big ones. Fetal hydrops, just references to fluid accumulation in different spaces like the pericardium, uh, the abdomen, but that, again, that can happen with many, um, many conditions. Increased nuchal translucency, we saw that also in Down syndrome, so do not take that as something to uh, indicate to you what condition we're talking about. Um, but there is the um, hygroma colli, which is uh, an increased fluid accumulation in the neck, which, when it subsides, is responsible for the webbing of the neck, because it descends a lot of the skin in the neck, and then when it resolves, it leaves some webbing of the skin in the neck. Kleinfelter syndrome um, is, is another condition that is commonly tested and you can definitely anticipate you will have on your pants at some point or another. Um, will definitely be tested on my exam as well. And we talked about in uh, Turner syndrome that there was lack of one of the sex chromosomes. So it was 45 XO. Kleinfelter syndrome is the opposite. There's an extra uh, chromosome. So that's why it's 47 instead of 46. You have 47 and the phenotype um, <coughs> is going to be XXY. So you have the two uh, female uh, sex hormones and you also have one male sex hormone. So these are going to be patients that are male or female technically based on their um, genotype. Right, male because they have the Y chromosome. But they have two X chromosomes, so they're going to display many female characteristics um, as part of their phenotype. They're going to have the appearance uh, or many characteristic features that you would expect to find in females. Uh, this is the most common cause of male hypogonadism. Uh, we talked about mosaicism, very, very, very uncommon uh, for this to result as from, from a cause of mosaicism, just like in Down syndrome, it's not common at all. So instead of short stature, these patients are actually gonna be taller, um, uh, taller than average. You're gonna have infertility, again, uh, just like we said with Turner syndrome, Anytime you have chromosomal abnormalities affecting the sex chromosome, they're going to affect the development of the, um, of the gonads, and they're going to affect the fertility, puberty, um, and all of the sexual characteristic development. So in these patients, they're going to have small testes, small penis, they're going to be infertile um, uh, due to decreased testosterone production, lack of uh, lean body mass, um, so low muscle tone. So as far as presentation goes, um, the patients will have uh, many female characteristics, such as white hips, 
uh, they'll have the development of breast tissue. Um, they will not have the commonly expected uh, male distribution of hair growth pattern, um, such as facial, axillary, and, and pubic hair in the correct distribution. Um, and those are your main um, physical characteristics. Any questions so far? So this is a condition that you probably will never be tested on on your pants. Uh, I have never seen it as part of the pants blueprint, um, but uh, it's something that I would know about either way because if you do get a question on it, there's just a few things you need to know about this condition and they will help you because there's, there's not much they can ask you about it. And that's Cruz Shot Syndrome, um, and the name translates directly to Pat Light Cry. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I need you guys to know about this is um, what it's caused by, which is a deletion of, um, on the small arm or the short arm of chromosome five. Mm -hmm. And in regards to patient presentation, um, the, um, the abnormal pet like cry is gonna be, if they ask you anything, likely what they're gonna go with. Everything else is uh, features that are extremely common to many other conditions. So you can already see in the facial features, wide set eyes, epicampal folds, low set ears. These are all things that we saw in the presentation of what? Down syndrome. It's a lot like Down syndrome, right? so yeah. A lot of these characteristics are very common, so it's easy to get confused if you pinpoint the wrong characteristics that you go by to identify what condition they are describing. So be very careful with that. Um, Edward syndrome. Um, so there's three trisomies. Um, there's Edward syndrome, Pal syndrome, and Down syndrome. And Down syndrome, I think, is the only one you're going to get tested on. Uh, not on my test, on my test, you're going to get all three. But in your pants, you'll probably only get tested on Down syndrome. Edward syndrome and Pal syndrome. I have not seen them in the pants blueprint, um, but we cover them anyway because as part of the trisomies, um, they may or may not um, come at you with questions on them. So that's why we include them here. Uh, extremely uncommon. Uh, it's result of a trisomy in chromosome 18. We said Down syndrome was a trisomy in what chromosome? And Turner syndrome was a result of monosomy of 45. 45. And then Kleinfelter was XXY. So for Edward syndrome, really, I just need you to remember um, the affected chromosome, which is chromosome 18. This is actually in chromosome 18. Um, they like to ask a lot about Edward syndrome and rocker bottom feet, uh, as well as small jaw. But I will tell you that rocker bottom feet is not exclusive to Edward syndrome, and it can be seen also in Pal syndrome. Um, so I wouldn't rely on it as as um, as the only manifestation. They typically ask about it in reference to what chromosome abnormality is associated with. And then Patel syndrome is the other trisomy, which is from trisomy uh, 13. Um, and again, the, the symptoms are very, very, very common. So I put um, this uh, picture up that will kind of give you a little bit of the differences when it comes to um, the clinical presentation and the phenotype of it. Um, but for my exam or for your pants, Down syndrome is going to be the one that you guys are going to get tested on. Um, and the only thing I need you guys to know about um, Edwards syndrome and Pal syndrome are what the chromosome abnormality associated them to is. Um, because if you do ever get a question on it, I think that's where it's going to come from. All right. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yep.